just want to say hi to Victor real quick. <laughs> Hello, my man. Hi, welcome to No Archive Warnings Apply, the podcast where we talk about fan works, writing, and of course, BTS. We're your hosts and BN Show. Hi, I'm the squeaky sound effect from Run BTS Show. Hi, I'm NB, I'm 5'9, and I be walking with the cheese. That's the queso. Show. Did I say so or show? I'll respond to anything at this point. You're so fine. Stop. No, it's just show. Stop. No, no, I meant like so, as in like so, let's talk about something else. So, show. God, not everything is about you. Please. My bad. It's just so hard (laughs) when you're just so popular, you know? It's true. It's true. You did. You did reach what? How many kudos on um, Anxious Sex God? Sorry, that's that's called in which Namjoon sets the bar. <laughs> you know, for 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 a fit that <laughs> arguably is like my peak. Um, hardly anyone mentions it, and then they scream more about moments in which no one, quite honestly, should be reading, just given how sad it is. Um, but anyways, that aside. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Our, the, the works that we would use to define ourselves are so different from the works that like our mutuals and like our friends on Twitter or our readers would use to describe us. Cause I think a lot of people are now seeing me as like, oh, like angsty, like courage person. And then like, your moments person when really like you, you said yourself that you would use like, um, that's the bar as like your you know like you that makes sense and then me i would probably say the soul cycle is me yeah i actually associate you with soul cycle the most and i feel like you associate me with sets the bar the most yeah exactly what does that say what does that even mean how do we even begin to unpack that it says the Namgooker village loves angst. I literally said in a reply to someone this morning, I was like, oh, because they're like, oh, all the angst from all these Namgook writers today. And I'm like, we are literally getting so fed. August, what is it, 19th? August 19th should be like a new Namgooker international holiday just because we're getting so much content like from In the Soup and like whatever, like whatever. And then all these Namgook writers are like posting all this angst. See, so I'm saying like Namgookers, and happiness are mutually exclusive. They cannot, they cannot intertwine. I believe in that wholeheartedly because I feel like whenever I'm on the timeline, you know, I actually just think it's yeah. it's projecting. I think I think everyone's just projecting because we're all waiting for a V live that we all know is never going to happen. And then in order to just like you know cope with that fact and that knowledge, we just yeah. all go towards angst. I think that's what's happening here as a collective. Why can't we be happy? Actually, I don't want to be happy. <laughs> yeah, I just want them to just keep crying. That sounds nice. Right? Right? I, I'm literally like, how has no one called us like a set of like psychopaths or something? Because we... I was like... Did I, did I say this on last week's episode that I was like, 
you know, I really wish, like, I want to crowdsource some, like, Namgook angst, but this was, like, a day or two after I posted Courage, and I was like, people would get real mad if I said that. <laughs> They'll be like, you're, you're literally it. You and your freaking friend on Twitter. <laughs> Me. <laughs> you. Show. Not shoe. Contrary <laughs> to popular belief. Where do I get my inspiration from? Sorry, I'm, like, putting you on the spot. Honestly, I get my inspiration a lot from those magic cookie mm. scenes. So I don't really... Mm. It, it is very rare for me to, I don't know, go through the timeline or watch something or, mm-hmm. I don't know, numjoon it and go for a walk and be like, I am hit with inspiration yeah. or something. Where, as it is more like, I would just go about my day and then, you know... I think to just to cope with just like everyday living, I would just naturally just start thinking about, you know, BTS and ships and maybe fix that I have read. And then like my mind would wander. And, mm-hmm. you know, for one of the ideas I had, I was actually driving. And then I was just thinking about Tegi because I like thinking about Tegi. And they weren't yeah. really doing anything in, in particular. They were just, you know, being cute. And yeah. then I just thought, man, it would be so nice if we lived in a world and a society where everyone... Mm-hmm can, I guess, see how they had their first kiss via, like, a show, like, an, like an awards show or something. Yeah. yeah. And then it snowballed into, like, well, they're, they were obviously put on a variety show where they're coupled together. And yeah. then they were obviously, like, they had to be part of this game. And then the punishment was basically, you know, if you do not win or right. something like that, then the punishment would be then you had to kiss in front of a live studio audience. And that's quite honestly like the worst punishment that anyone could think of because you you want to avoid that public humiliation (laughs) and they have to kiss in front of a live studio audience and that's their first kiss and yeah that's so interesting because like so I feel like as you were talking about like the way you write I was just really struck by the fact that oh like our processes are very very different like if no one's noticed the show is very very organized where I'm just kind of what I want when I want to um, and I really struggle when people tell me that I need to do something. But no, that's so interesting because, okay, right in front of me, like on my desk, like I had my fake engagement ring. Like I'm showing it to show right now. Like you can't see it. I'm like trying to be a YouTuber, like put I my see hand it. behind it. But yeah, like literally I'll like look at something and think, oh, what if Yoonjin did this? What if Namgook did that? Or like that one thing with uh, Chin as the barista who wears that fake like engagement ring. Like that was me like when I work as a barista. <laughs> so yeah, so it's interesting. People talk about what inspires them or like what drives their stories because it literally could be gets transformed into so much bigger. Like it started out as that tiny little question and then it transformed to this huge bigger thing. I will say, though, that although I'm quote unquote more organized, you have so much more creativity and like your AU ideas and also like, I guess, the world that you set them in because you can explain and excite so much in a single tweet about your AU or about your idea. Whereas for me, I don't really have a prompt that I work off of. Mm -hmm. I don't have like an inspo that I work off of. I just have like a magic cookie scene. Mm -hmm. 
and that doesn't really translate into like a fun AU idea or like a fun prompt. Whereas I feel like all of the wonderful ideas that you conjure up, they're all really good and they're all really exciting. And it's just so easy to bounce different ideas off of them and go in any direction that you want. Meanwhile, for me, I- I'm just like, I want to eat a kiss in front of a live studio audience and I'm going to make them do that. And it's not really like an idea or, or a prompt that anyone can really bounce off of. You know, that actually brings up a really good point because it reminds me of, um, there's something Izzy said the other day that was just like so profound. Um, but basically it was off that poll question. Like, what do you like writing the most? The plot, the world, or the characters? Um, and show, what is your answer? While I pull up this tweet that I'm trying to find. <laughs> I labored over that poll for so long. Because I actually didn't know how to answer it. Because, you know, the correct answer, or not the correct answer, but, you know, like, every part of writing is, like, Mm -hmm. more or less my favorite or whatever. But then I think I ended up saying the characters only because it's like, well, I'm obviously only doing this because I I very much love BTS, you Mm -hmm. know, or I very much love whatever BTS is inside of my head. And so I just naturally just chose that because without those characters and my love for them I wouldn't even want to place them in a plot I wouldn't even want to place them mm. in the world and so I naturally that's just so chose characters that's so interesting because I feel like based off of my conversations with you and like what like I've seen you kind of like struggle and like work through as you're writing I always actually pegged you as more of a plot person mm. mm-hmm. hello train that makes a lot of sense <laughs> yes, that train is like that. yeah <laughs> the train was like show what you say <laughs> i wonder if i could somehow tie that back into how that like that's how much i really really like my characters because mm. whatever that i place them in whatever world yeah. or whatever plot i want to mm. like do right by them you know like i'm mm. always especially in like in like the the wedding caterers one like yeah. yeah it would be super easy just to like well not easy writing is never easy but then i guess i could have mm. just done just like this super chaotic simple five times Sukjin lost to Yoongi but then the one time they actually ended up fucking I don't know is that how it works I have no idea um I could have I could have done that and then I actually talked to you that uh, that I was gonna cop out and do that because I was struggling so much with with, with the Mm -hmm. plot and just how, how how I would write him within that plot and setting right yeah so yeah but then I think that just always falls back into like this is my character or my rendition of Sukjin in this world and mm-hmm. given that, what are the events that I want to put him through that makes the most sense? And yeah. how will he react to those events that makes the most sense? Or where mm-hmm. I could like, utilize him or where he would shine the most? Mm-hmm. That's interesting because, like, when obviously I can't answer my own bowl, but <laughs> I feel like at first glance, I was also like character, but on kind of the flip side because I feel like something that I've noticed a lot in my works is that they feel almost like they don't go anywhere like they feel very like like we're just kind of trudging along in the same quicksand and like not like it's not very plot oriented and there's not much movement in like a plot sense I don't know maybe this is just me being detached from my writing like like for me like plot doesn't actually matter much as you know, I want my characters to feel like believable and like what they're doing is true to who they are and who I've created them to be in a sense. But at the same time, I almost feel like for me, it's always like the characters that come first and then the plot that follows. Mm. And then 
whenever I think about plot, I feel like I'm so busy, like what they're doing, like make it seem, oh, like this is definitely something Namjoon would do. And then that history is like inside jokes. And so I'm so worried in a sense about the world and the setting. I'm like staring at Namjoon on my calendar right now. (laughs) As everyone should be doing. Yeah, they're literally right behind your face, show. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I want, like, any interaction between, like, Namjoon and Jin to feel specific to them versus any other interaction that could be recycled with, like, Namjoon and Hozog or something. Mm, yeah, yeah, I definitely feel that. I, I, I wonder if another way to ask this question is, mm. how do you address a fic or begin even thinking about a fic? Do you first start with world building? Do you first start with plot building? Or do you first start with building your characters? At Namdi Divorce, um, is this is for you, <laughs> is said, you know, that they had a thought once that they believe, you know, the bit that you enjoy writing the most is the thing your life lacks, which you crave. So plot means that you crave direction and purpose means your love for your surroundings slash circumstances and characters equals genuine people slash lovely friends. Ow. I know, I know. And I was like, this is so good. But also I'm like, ooh, they really came for me with this one. I feel so attacked and called out. Like I came out here to have a good time and now I'm like crying to my therapist. My support group is gonna have a kick out of this one. This is what happens when you don't write for like a week. I I haven't written a word since last Thursday, I think. Don't even get me started on writing right now. I've I want to scream about it so bad because I'm starting my Yunjin Magic fic and I just like and I'm encountering the same issues that I did with the catering one where like no matter mm-hmm. how many times I write it, it just mm-hmm. won't sound correct and yeah. it's driving me fucking insane that I can't yeah. just move past it. But I almost feel like if I do not get this scene correct, then mm-hmm. it, it will just fuck up the tone for the rest of my fic. And so I've just been rewriting the same scene over and over again like a madman. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's driving me insane. Let's talk about it. What is your writing process like? Like, how do you tackle it? How do you feel? Like, how do you get past it? I'm trying to remember all the instances in which that has happened to me in works that I have already published. Mm-hmm. But most recently, since I just uploaded, mm-hmm. I labored over that fic and that fic even though it's only 13k published like in my work Mm -hmm. in progress draft of it it's like i have probably like 9k worth of words that i just completely trashed and then i looked through it i looked through it recently and it was just the same scene that i rewrote over and Mm -hmm. over and over again um because i just couldn't yeah i just couldn't get it right for for the life of me and i'm trying to remember how i overcame that and then settled on exactly what i wanted to do that every writer looks forward to writing in their story Mm. like i feel Mm -hmm. like every writer has that one scene where they love that scene so much that they create the entire universe so that their Mm -hmm. scene can live and exist and then so i was like fuck creating the universe fuck all that nonsense and then i just Mm -hmm. dove straight through just writing the scene that i knew that i wanted to write and then after i finished writing that singular scene which is um, the scene where Sokjin bangs on Yungi's door and he's like, fuck you. I don't know. I just ended up taking part of it. And then I was just like, that's just going to be the intro because I like it mm-hmm. that much. That's just, if I like it this much, that's just how I'm going to start it. And then I'm just mm-hmm. going to, and then whatever the fuck events that led to that one scene, whatever, mm-hmm. I'm just going to paste it on there. 
Yeah, no, I love that because it reminds me of this thing that I read. Um, so Susan Dennard is one of my favorite authors. I think I posted a link to like her website of like writing resources on my Twitter one. But like she is like the queen of like writing, revising, publishing, like all of that. And so she has like a wealth of resources that like we'll link in the following tweets, like when this goes <laughs> Um, but basically, you know, she talks about those scenes that you were saying that like, you know, authors love to write, like the ones that we build worlds around, like she calls those scenes, like the magical cookie scenes. And she said, I couldn't help but think of that because she also said something along the lines of, you know, every scene that you write should be a magical cookie scene. There should be no thing that you write that doesn't feel right to you or that you're not excited about. And she said, you know, obviously, like, that's easier said than done, because finding a way to, like, get yourself excited about it, which is so, like, I don't know, it, like, reminded me of what you were saying, because it's hard to do, fam. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> it's really hard to do. And I'm struggling yeah. with that with, with my current work in progress right now, because my, cause my intro scene is a magic cookie scene. I would say it's the, one of the few magic cookie scenes that I even have of that mm -hmm. thick. And after I finish that magic cookie scene, and this is why I try to avoid writing those magic cookie scenes until the end, because mm. I, I get fearful that what I get so excited about, I had already written it. And then trying to write anything else after it, I won't have the energy for it or I won't have the inspiration mm. for it. So that's why I try to save it and yeah. force myself to trudge along through the other scenes to get to the magic cookie. Kind of like saving mm. for like your favorite bite at the end, kind of like that. And it, and it sucks for me because my intro scene was one of my magic cookie scenes and then everything else leading up to, I guess, my next one, if I even have one, it's just yeah. trudging along. I don't know how to climb over that hill just yet, but that's really good advice, though, to make those scenes into magic cookie scenes, to think like, well, what are fun things that you want your characters to do? Which is actually a tweet that I, that I mentioned before, where I think uh, it was going around saying, oh, quote this with something that you want to improve with your writing. And then I thought about it and I was like, I just want to have fun with my writing. Like, yeah. kind of like what you said, I do want every scene to be a magic cookie scene, even if it doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily is profound or right. logical even. But that's just what I want my dumb BTS pairings and Motley crew to do. And so I'm just going to add it. Motley crew. <laughs> Motley crew for anyone who doesn't know, which is going to be like everyone listening to this. No what the words for Motley Crew were until she like came to me in the DMs one day. What did you say? Do you remember? I flipped out on her because <laughs> in one of her fix, she used the word Motley. And mm -hmm. I have been searching for that word for like at least five to six months. <laughs> like I knew the word and what it meant, but I didn't know what the word was. I just knew it started with the M. And so when I read that word in her fic after five to six months of trying to search for it i literally flipped shit on her in the dm i was like you are my hero you are the reason why i continue to exist it's people like you that make the world better and without you i just don't know where my place would be in society like i i, I really went there i think wow imagine what the response would have been if the word was like smorgasbord or something <laughs> i love that word like even for the people who like English isn't their first language. There are a lot of times where I'm writing and then I want to mm -hmm. say something in a different way. And then I will mm -hmm. do that thing where I'll have like the source.com or one look or something so that I could type mm -hmm. in the word and find other words. And there would be so many words that I don't know. But then I would get scared using them because I'm just mm -hmm. like, this is a, syn a synonym to the word. But yeah. what if 
kind of like with that connotation, I wouldn't call them a smorgasbord. I wouldn't call mm-hmm. them a smorgasbord crew. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. even though, so I kind of get annoyed because it's like, it yeah. doesn't even matter if I know the synonym or if I have the source.com. If I do not know the context in which that word is right. used, I can't use it anyways, lest I sound like um, one of those like high school students who try to sound smarter in essays. So they just like replace mm-hmm. words from the thesaurus. Dude, I know someone like that in real life. I need you to like stop talking to me. Let's because it's like, here's the thing. It's like when you're talking to someone, you talk normally, like it's fine, and like just go with what you know, what you think is whatever. Because English is such an arbitrary language, anyways. Like I hate when you know when it just comes up. Like I don't know. I just like hate seeing non-native English speakers say, "Oh, like you know, I get so self-conscious about you know my English or something like that." Because it's like you shouldn't be. Like first of all, the biggest kudos to you because English is not your first language and you are writing in it. Yeah, completely. And I will shout it from from the rooftops. I honestly, anyone who is listening to this and English is not your first language, like mm-hmm. really, just to emphasize, big shout out and kudos mm-hmm. to you that you're even you know, listening to this podcast with probably full comprehension. I do not want to hear about how like, oh, no, I still have so much to work and improve on. The fact that you can't even Mm -hmm. think and type that you have nothing else to improve on anymore. Amen. Amen. Yeah, exactly. And then the fact that you're taking the time to learn a new language so that you can express yourself via fic or express Mm -hmm. to an author that you really like by commenting something or even interact with someone on Twitter, you have Mm -hmm. already gone a done Mm -hmm. and so all of those things like i don't like you know show like you know this like you are like the biggest proponent of this like you know fic should be accessible right above and beyond what even native english speakers will do and more than Mm -hmm. what native english speakers will do in other languages as well like Mm -hmm. people who speak english they do not take those strides to learn other languages so yeah no more apologizing we are past the point of yes I actually mm-hmm. went to scrap the word sorry from my dictionary entirely. Mm-hmm. I no longer know that word and neither should you. A freaking men. Okay, logistical question. You sit down at your computer and let's say like it's a magical cookie scene. What are you writing first? Like right off the top of my head, what do I want to write? Yeah, like just... I want to write something with a sword. i have been thinking about this for months for months i have been thinking about something with the sword for fucking months it has been driving me insane if you have a fic where something wields a sword specifically in a magic setting Please slide into my DMs right now because I need to read it. I'll take edits. I'll take poor edits. I'll take Microsoft Paint edits. I need Sukjin with the sword. This is a cry for help. Okay, okay. So you're sitting How at your computer. You? You're sitting at your computer and you're about to write Sukjin with the sword. What what are you writing first? Like, are you writing a description of the scene? Are you writing dialogue? Like, like what? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I always typically start mm. all of my scenes with like a short sentence hook where so probably I'll start it Sukjin has a sword period and then I'll start something and then maybe oh. I'll get into a little bit more of a description about yeah. you know what he sees where he is like kind of hints mm-hmm. about 
the seriousness or the lack of seriousness yeah. of a situation and then uh-huh. i'll go into the dialogue which is typically my brand like something snarky from like a 90s sitcom probably interesting that's like but it's like an iceberg sentence like Sukjin has a sword because it like you're wondering like how did he like come to get this sword? like what kind of situation is he in like there's so much that is beneath the surface <gasps> you're right you do do that a lot I like did not oh my gosh yes okay that's something you're really good at I love those because you're like okay immediate hook I need to know more um yeah for me so um I guess none of the stories that I write I write in order um so I'll start writing kind of randomly in the middle of like the climax or I'll just write like an ending scene I'll just write whatever um but usually I start with dialogue so a lot of the stories so the stories that I've posted usually start with like someone saying something and then having like a little bit of banter and then it suddenly gets serious (laughs) or (laughs) or (laughs) right because it's like they'll start joking about something and then the joke will reveal something about like their inner workings and the things that they're like kind of stressed about and then the other person will immediately pick up on it and be like oh like I know what you're talking about like let's talk more about this um, and then suddenly the first character is like, wait, how did I get into this situation? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's usually that kind of dialogue or um, Chungu, um and he's like pleading with Namjoon about something. Um, yeah, that's kind of my, I have like 20 scenes like that written out just like to be used and like clipped in or <laughs> I am so astounded that you know you're just like, yeah, I have like 20 scenes of Jungkook crying for my convenience because I know he's <laughs> going to cry in the works that I will write. And so I just have it ready on hand, like a microwave pizza, just put it in the microwave and ding, I'm done. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I literally have a file like in my computer called just literally, well, it's called folder and it says random unfiled and it's just like random scenes that I just write out of the blue because it starts out with dialogue, no idea like what kind of world they're in what kind of plot they're in it's just two people talking about something stupid like but there's this one scene where Jungkook is literally like hey Hyung is is seaweed a vegetable and it literally just came from me staring at the seaweed that I was eating like I was literally eating miyoku, which is seaweed soup and I was like is this a vegetable <laughs> I was like oh maybe Jungkook can have a conversation about this I think I think the conversation is with Namjoon and Namjoon is like no it's an algae and that didn't answer my question (laughs) but is it a vegetable I'm so curious it's an algae so I don't know if that's a yes or no I'm not a scientist I flunked out of my science classes so um so does that mean mean like that grow out of the ground or not wait what is a vegetable I don't think I've ever seen one before. What's the best? Wait, 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 I'm going to blow your mind, okay? A banana, a watermelon, and a pumpkin, and an avocado are all categorized as berries. I hate that. I don't like that. Who decided that? Under what criteria? I, I. It's like some kind of scientific criteria that I can't think of off the top something to do with i think the way they reproduce or something or you know i could be totally wrong (laughs) this is what's gonna get us canceled (laughs) 
<laughs> or lack of vegetable and fruit differentiation. Right. Like, because a tomato is a fruit, an avocado is a berry, a banana is a berry. I think if it tastes like it came from the earth, it should count as a vegetable. But you heard like- it here first, folks. This is my scientific conclusion. That's so subjective, though. <laughs> Because you would know. But how do you know? You would know. I feel like sometimes you taste things and then like cilantro. You take a bite of cilantro and you're just like, that came from the earth. I don't think that when I eat cilantro. I think, mm, this is delicious. I do as well. <laughs> but Right? It's so good. I don't have that gene that makes it taste like soap. <laughs> Today's no archive warnings apply fic rack is Can We Always Be This Close by Gia underscore Yang on AO3. Old college boyfriends Namjoon and Jungkook meet for the first time in years at a wedding and hit it off just like old times. Things didn't work out before. Maybe they will now. Serena, this is, I mean, a masterpiece. It is soft and intimate and lovely and sweet. I can't stop thinking about it. And if y'all haven't read it yet, um, please pick it up because y'all won't stop thinking about this either. I probably sound so ridiculous for someone who just wrote a fic all about uh, Asian fusion food. I probably sound absolutely batshit insane. Oh my gosh. The food in there sounded so good. I was genuinely... What is it? It was the kimchi nacho chip, right? Doesn't that sound so good? I really... The kimchi kimchi pancake nachos. Yes, with melted cheese and braised pork belly. And the braised pork belly in my mind... Okay, this is... We're we're just going to talk about food now. This is a food podcast. Um, You know, at first I was like, maybe like deep deep fried pieces in the cheese and I was like no that's like gross and then I was like maybe it's like a side thing that you could add to it to elevate it I don't know anyways but all those foods Mm. I I want to say I literally was just like what do I want to see and eat and then I just threw it in the thick so were were all those foods like were those magical cookies for you (laughs) literally they were like magical seasonings, like magical sprinkles. Oh my god, the 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 cheese. Um, what what did I say? The cheese potak empanadas. That sounds correct. You know I have a shit memory. Oh my god. Or anything. That sounds so good though. Oh, but the kimchi pancake because my thing with like kimchi pancakes whenever I do order them or whatever or whenever I do buy them mm-hmm. is that I know considering that it is a batter and it is a pancake, it is not supposed to be perfectly crisp. I get that. Mm-hmm. But boy, do I want to Can't you deep fry be- it? Hmm? Can't you deep fry it? You can deep fry it, but then I wonder if that will get rid of the the, the <gasps> cakiness of it. No, you know what? You would make the kimchi john as is, and then you would cover it with like more like flour and batter, right? And then you yes. put it into like a taco shell mold and then deep fry it. Yes. God, that sounds so good. That's what I'm saying. And so I would always eat these like pancakes. Like, God, I want it to crunch when I bite into it. Like, I want the same flavor, but I want it to. You need potato starch. Yeah. And then so Mm -hmm. I was thinking about when I was writing the fig. I was like, God, like I want a nacho thing, but like what? And then if I could dip a kimchi pancake nacho thing that crunches when I bite into it and dip it in cheese and then just eat it. Oh Oh my God. That sounds so good. I literally am going to bring this up to my mom next time she makes kimchi john. <laughs> yes. I think I think, I think think your mom would kill it and you need to send me pictures immediately. I will fly to Chicago if she actually like 
creates these. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at NoAO3WarningsApply, where you can find the latest updates and ask us anything you want. Wait, I had a question for you. Okay. So everyone knows that, well, everyone knows now that I write scenes out of order. Do you write scenes in order? I write scenes in order. I do. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, I do tell myself to break out of it. I do. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I write it in order because mm-hmm. I'm scared that if I write things out of order, that if I write mm-hmm. my magic cookie scene, I mean, I already yeah. mentioned it where I'm going to lose my inspiration, but then mm-hmm. I'm also worried that since that scene already exists, everything mm-hmm. that I write in the middle of the intro and that scene, it's going mm-hmm. to be influenced by those scenes because I know that they have to get to this point And then mm-hmm. I know that they came from that point versus when I write things in order since it's just like mm-hmm. a blank space ahead of me, I feel like I have a lot more liberty to kind of see where it goes because it's like I have an idea of where they're going. Like I have a map all planned out. I have a skeleton. But then the yeah. way that I fill it up or the way that I want to customize that body or whatever, it's going to be morbid suddenly. The way that I want to create my own being and my own Frankenstein. All right, all right Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, is that I, I wrote up my magic cookie scene. And then I was just like, I just have to get to there. Right, right, right. So do you find that, give or take, like, because you save those, like, magical cookie scenes for later, do you find that those end up being kind of, like, your climax or something near it? Yeah, I would say that those are, like, Hmm. my climax, probably. Yeah. But I will say, though, that I don't really think about my stories in the traditional sense of, like, the exposition and then, like, the climax mm-hmm. and then, like, the epilogue and shit or the yeah. down. I don't really think mm-hmm. about fic writing like that because I'm not trying to write Me epic neither. or anything. Me neither. I, I think it's really actually hard to find... Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's hard to find a fic that closely follows that traditional, like, line graph that we all kind of imagine because I feel like in fic specifically there's so much more room for exploration of characters just because we all have kind of like the same ish level of understanding of who these characters are there's so much more room to go and so much more to explore that I think that fic writing specifically like you said doesn't fall into that stereotypical plot because there's so much room to discuss these characters and who they are and um yeah, like their histories and our takes on them, mm-hmm. even if it's not necessarily canon compliant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think we mentioned it sometimes too, that that's why fic writing is so much more appealing mm-hmm. than original fiction sometimes, because you already yeah. love the characters and you already know the right. characters. You don't have to spend exactly. your word count on describing what they look like or how mm-hmm. they are, because you mm-hmm. you already know. Like we could drop, we could drop Ho- Hobie in a fic and then for whatever reason, we just know that he's just going to be like a breath of fresh air. Right, exactly. I'm like sitting down. I have this like book in front of me, like a, like a regular like YA traditional pub book. And I'm like, I am really having a hard time getting into the characters because I have no loyalty to them. I don't care about them. They are not Namjoon, Jungkook, Yoongi. Um, Sakjin, Hoseok, Taeyong, Jimin. I got all of them right. <laughs> I think that um, you did. I think. I think so. Um, but they're not the guys that I love writing about and like 
exploring and stuff and so I read all these reddit posts about transitioning from writing fanfic to writing original fiction and I was like I don't think I can make this transition because it's really fucking hard it's really difficult and then even as like an avid fanfic reader when you start Mm -hmm. reading original fiction and novels it is so hard to get invested because these are like brand new people and then so I'm part of this I'm part of this book club where we basically Mm -hmm. read um romance novels you know featuring women of color by women of color and Mm -hmm. you know and they're great amazing pieces of work but it Mm -hmm. is so hard for me to empathize or even fall in love with the characters or even the love story because I don't know them like I don't know them yeah yeah and that's something that I'm trying to train myself out of that I'm not supposed Mm -hmm. to know them I'm supposed to learn with them as I go that I already don't have an attachment with them prior but it's Mm -hmm. really hard because sometimes in order to keep my attention I have to like bts by it (laughs) what do you mean like sometimes I would watch or read something and then I'm just like god I don't care about these characters but then if I start thinking about it in like a bts world where I'm just like who would be who then it's so Mm -hmm, much mm -hmm. funner and easier to watch something like I couldn't get through pirates of the caribbean this this one time (laughs) I I just I just want to make clear that I rewatch that entire series all the time. Mm-hmm. I think it's an incredible piece of work. But then one time mm-hmm. I was watching it with a friend and I just couldn't I really just couldn't concentrate. So I was just like, well, who would I think Jack Sparrow would be? And I was like, Jack Sparrow would be Jin. And oh my god, <laughs> I was so much more interested in the movie afterwards. It was wild. And then I was like, okay, Elizabeth is Hosok. <laughs> you heard it here first fam you heard it here first and then i couldn't figure out if orlando who's orlando bloom i don't know but i couldn't figure out if it was going to be jimin or if it was going to be jungkook anyway you heard it here first fam you heard it here first fic is gonna be pirates of the caribbean (laughs) oh my god if i ever tried to write a fucking pirate fic all these fic authors will literally at me and be like this is fucking plagiarism and i'd be like oh my god Fam, tropes are not intellectual property. Tropes are not intellectual property. I'm going to say it for a third time, louder for the boys in the back. Tropes Mm -hmm. are not intellectual property. Did everyone write that down? Did everyone have that in their notes? I will quiz you on this at the end of the podcast. (laughs) That could be your tagline. (laughs) Let's say let's say show does write a Pirates of the Caribbean fic. That's a trope. Pirates, that concept, trope. Friends to lovers, trope. Empreg, trope. Those are tropes, fam. <laughs> and on top of that, common scenes within that trope are mm-hmm. also not going to be special to you. And I'm sorry mm-hmm. if we come off or if I come off as you know, a little bit know-it-all or pretentious or whatever. But if you write a pirate fic and then you have a scene where (laughs) one character gets kidnapped on board of the ship and meets their freaking love interest who is the captain (laughs) of the ship and which kidnapped them, that is not your intellectual property. I am sorry. I am sorry. It is not. Like, I'm sorry if you have written a fic like that, but that, that scene and that scenario does not belong mm-hmm. to you because it has been seen in movies and books in mm-hmm. any form of media like 
you know, it, it has been done with pirates and it will continue to be done with pirates. But yes, um, all this to say, you know, tropes are freely used by everyone, really. Um, and it's not to say that your work is any less valid. It's just, you know, it's hard because you can be really protective of your works and it's really valid when you have um, like a worry that maybe someone plagiarized it or took it. But I think we also have to remember, you know, when we're dealing with tropes, you know, it's not plagiarism if there are different iterations of the trope because anyone can say pirate AU and have it work out a million different ways. Even if the pirate captain, you know, kidnaps the princess or the prince or whoever, um, like we all have our own different renditions and it's based off of our life experiences and whatnot. And I'll stop before I get too philosophical. Yeah. Um, so no, I totally, I totally agree with that. And then even there was this one time where I saw something on Twitter where it was a tweet that was like, how will you guys know that I'm kidnapped or something like that? Or it was, <laughs> yeah. or it was, you guys will know when I get kidnapped, if I ever post this on my AO3. And then mm -hmm, someone mm -hmm. posted literally exactly what moments was. <gasps> but I know for a fact, but I know for a fact, this person has never interacted with me. This person yeah. probably isn't a non-cooker. This person probably mm -hmm. has, has never even heard of moments in their entire life. And so, you know, and so when I saw it, I think just because you know internally that you wrote it or you have something similar to that, you know, I think it's really easy to kind of jump to the conclusion, like, are they, yeah, are they trying to talk about me or are they, or are they trying to shade me? But it's really important to kind of like get out of that space. And then mm -hmm. I don't want to say humble yourself, but just more like fandom is so big and there are so many amazing ideas that there is mm -hmm. bound to be overlay and overlap. And that yeah. ultimately as amazing and as original as everyone's works are, it always fall in common themes and have common scenes that we'll share with other writers because we're all writing about the same people and the same characters and so I can only imagine that they'll all react kind of in similar ways when put in these tropes as well. Yeah I completely agree um, because I think especially when it comes to like a rare pair I mean I don't know if Namguk is necessarily a rare pair anymore but like I think it's important to remember that all of these writers a lot of the times like, I don't want to say we specialize in certain pairings, but we'll obviously gravitate towards certain pairings over others. And I think a lot of us, like, when we come in and write for a rare pair, we think, oh, we want to, like, attack all the tropes because we need this kind of content. Like, our Nanguker village, like, needs it. And so there could very well be moments or a courage or a soul cycle fic or a, in which Namjoon sets the bar. I don't know, Yoonguk or or whatever like a big pairing is so I think there's so much that we don't see because we do live kind of in an echo chamber of you know fellow shippers within the same pairings that we write for and interact with I think you are totally fine <clears throat> because I have gotten hold on I guess this is I guess this is where we'll I don't know the, the thing you know the thing that they do in Hollywood with the, the thing. <laughs> like the sound thing you know where they all the anyways anyways Shoe, I show. <laughs> this is what happened. I wasn't thinking. Oh my god, that's so embarrassing. Oh my god. And the thing is, here, listen to this. Listen to this. 
I have been trying so freaking hard over the past couple days to say your name properly. So like to my mom, to my sister. Oh my God, that was humiliating. I see. This is why I'm never going to say your name ever again. I don't even know what I was saying anymore. I'm just having an outburst right now because I'm really embarrassed. <laughs> I'm crying. I'm literally crying. <laughs> I don't even remember what I was saying. I genuinely, oh my, oh my god, oh my god. I I really want to emphasize here that it's <laughs> that it's really only one syllable. It really is. It's just it's just show. Oh, so, see, like you're watching I've been, Yes, and that's how I was saying it literally the past couple of days. And I was like, I'm, I was like, I'm gonna be amazing. Like when we start recording, and then this happens, and then this happens, and and I don't even know. I lost my train of thought again. I, I'm gonna sit and think about my sins for a second. I've gotten Sean. <laughs> I've gotten Shu. Um, yeah, which I just evidenced to you right now. Mm-hmm. I've gotten like a. <laughs> I, 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 I've gotten sounds and noises that I can't even replicate. Just like, Ew. Sh- just like Xiao, and then just like a bunch of other things. So it's all right. Mm. It's it's all good. We're all chilling okay. here. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! And this is this is the no archive warnings apply pod, my friends. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm show. <laughs> 